This podcast is brought to you by Exo Nicole in partnership with Tampax. When we don't talk about periods, people feel like they can't talk about them, which in turn perpetuates the myths, misinformation, worries, and lack of knowledge that holds us back today. This is why we've created the Made For Me Limited Series podcast to break the stigma and make period conversation as normal as periods so we can feel educated and empowered every day of the month. Only Tampax has five sizes of tampons to protect your changing flow so we hope this series leaves you inspired let's start the show Welcome to the Made For Me podcast brought to you by Exo Nicole in partnership with Tampax. I cannot believe we're saying this, but this is the last episode of the series. I know I'm sad too, but we hope you have had such a beautiful ride with us. Time flies when you're having fun. And again, I'm so honored to have hosted these incredible conversations, especially the ones with our Gen Z voices like Coco Jones and Ebony Davis. Now, I am so grateful to have this last episode because we're making period conversations normal, as normal as periods. To bring us home, this final episode is titled Go With The Flow. Hmm, Get it? (laughs) Listen, I'm all about manifesting and receiving things that were and are made for me. I don't want to force anything that isn't a fit for my life. And I know that all the y'all out there can relate. But I also don't want us to hold back from being vulnerable and having frank and open discussions about our wellness. That applies to your period. I know, I know it's hard, but stay with me. You're going to learn a lot, okay? Talking about your period shouldn't be a taboo conversation, and that's exactly why the Made For Me podcast was created. Today's guests are totally in alignment with just that. I'm so thrilled to be sitting down with Atlanta's own Dr. Nicole Sparks and celebrity trainer and my sis, Keisha Villarson, as we navigate the path to having the period talk and discussing periods with our partners, our children, and our friends. Throughout this conversation, we will also empower Black Gen Z individuals who experience periods to ask the right questions during their OBGYN appointments and to equip them with the resources about period pain and pain and other topics that tend to be overlooked in the medical community. And not just Gen Z, because I'm a millennial. We need to know this too now, so pay attention. I'll start with introducing Dr. Nicole Sparks, who is a board-certified OBGYN and gynecologist. Hi, Dr. Nicole Sparks. How are you? Hello. I'm excited to be here. We're so happy to have you. She's also a content creator at NicoleAliciaMD.com, where she talks about everything from balancing family and career to menstrual wellness. She has a loyal following on IG and TikTok, and she's a soon-to-be mommy of three. We're so excited to have both of you here in the studio. Next, I'm going to go to my sis, Keisha Valarson. Hi, sis. Hey. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Now, Keisha is an NASM certified personal trainer and nutrition specialist who is on a mission to transform the health of her clients both in and out of the gym. Keisha also has a very powerful testimony about overcoming uterine fibroids and is here to share advice for other young women who want to know how to advocate for their health and 
She keeps me together too, y'all. This is my my sis, but also my trainer who we gonna talk about me getting back on the workout schedule. But hello, Keisha. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy for this combo. Okay, so let's get into it because this is a really important combo that I'm really excited to have you both here for. According to an independent research done by Tampax, 53% of women feel uncomfortable discussing their periods with friends. Why do you think that is? And I'll start with you, Dr. Nicole. So from the beginning, you know, we have been made to be ashamed of periods. So even in the Bible, like, you know, mm. they shunned, they, they got shunned if you were on your period. You had to be shut down for a whole week yeah. out of the community. And that kind of still happens today. And so, you know, we don't even use the right terminology for periods. You know, we'll say ant flow or it's that time of the month. Mm. And um, because of that, people are just afraid to talk about periods. We don't use proper terminology. Mm. And so, you know, we it, periods are made to taboo. You know, there's a stigma around periods. People are embarrassed to, you know, to be on their periods. Think about if you're on your period, when you're going to the bathroom, you're kind of hiding your tampon, you're sticking it in this purse or putting it in your pocket. And so it's just been a culture of embarrassment around periods. And it's simply because we don't talk about it. Mm, mm, that's so true. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you have those first talks with your mom, your sisters, or maybe some of your best friends, and they're just telling you what they learned from their grandmas and family. So it's it's often one of those things that we don't get to talk about. And Keisha, do you remember having your first period talk? And if so, how did it go? Who had it with you? Tell us the details. Yes, my first period talk actually happened with my mom at the time that I had my period, which was 14. And I'll never forget it because I went to the bathroom and I saw that, you know, I had blood in my underwear and I went to my mom feeling upset, mainly because like having my period, I associated that with adulthood Mm -hmm. and I wasn't ready is what I felt like. And even in my adulthood now, like it is a hood that zero out of 10, I do not recommend. Hello. Uh, (laughs) It is not a fun time. So, At that time, I was mainly afraid Mm -hmm. and going to my mom and letting her know she really just helped me celebrate the fact that I was stepping into womanhood. Mm. And for her, she was just like, it's a natural part of life. And now you just have to be prepared for it. And we went out and we got our pads for the first time and we shopped for it and Mm. she taught me what to look for. And then we stopped at a jewelry store and she got me my gold and pink gem ring that I still wear today. So it was a very celebratory time, but also a moment that I'll never forget. Wow, your mom did that yeah. did that very well. I was going to say, I love that because that's not usually a lot of people's stories. Yeah. So I, I love that she made it celebratory and yeah. Uh, and, a, and like a, embarrassed about it. Yeah, and like a beautiful moment. Right. Like something right. you can be proud of. Be, right. uh, that's a part of womanhood that a lot of people like you, like you said in the beginning, shame. Right. And your mommy was like, nah, girl, that that's beautiful. That's right. special. Like welcome to womanhood, right. if you will. So good. Yes, mom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, what was your period first period talk like? So my first period talk, my mom was very sure there's four, I'm the oldest of four girls. And so I think she just kind of, you know, had it down. Um, I, I think the, Biggest thing, though, is a lot of parents will wait until it's the time of the period. And really what I encourage people in my office is just to start to have the talk when they start to ask questions. Mm. You know, my daughter asks questions about tampons now, but she's only three. She just I don't I don't I don't 
you know, she thinks they're lollipops. I just stickers. <laughs> I just let her do whatever. But when they're really starting to ask questions, that's when you tell them. And even with my three-year-old, I use proper terminology because my husband will use all these other kind of terms. And I'm like, it's a vagina. vagina. Savannah, this is a va-. Like, she just needs to know that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially girls who are bigger or taller, like they're going to have their periods earlier. You know, she says she had hers at 14, but some girls are having it at eight or nine. And so when, you know, if they start having questions at six or seven, you need to start asking that. And I, I also encourage people, which I know we'll probably get into this later, but to even have like, like just like a period kit where it's mm. already ready. Mm. You know, you've already talked about pads. You've already talked about tampons. Yes, you can use a tampon with your first period, but you're there, you know, you have little books, you have just you're all, you already have it prepared so that when the period comes, they're like, oh, we've talked about this. I know what to do. They're just letting me know as a courtesy, but they already know what to do. Oh, and so cool. I don't think the first conversation needs to be had when, you know, when you're bleeding because yeah. then you're, you're scared. You're scared. Mm-hmm. You're scared. And so I think if the, if the conversation continues to happen, you know, from when, um, you know, you're first interested, that it just makes it a lot better when you're at when you actually start your first period i love that advice that is such great advice dr (laughs) nicole sparks uh no and i think that's important when i I remember my first period talk was with my mommy too and she did her best but she was definitely like as scared as i was like i felt like she was like oh my god you're really growing up like all of my friends had started to have it so those conversations were happening more especially within my friend groups but i remember feeling like mommy what what is this she was like this i mean and and she ended ended up calming down but i what i mostly remember is her being like now you can have kids and i was like oh my god (laughs) what do you mean i'm 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 12 i don't want kids this is scary you know and so i love the idea of the period kid and i and i and i'm grateful to my mom you know that's that's my best friend period but i but i but i think you know definitely i love the experiences that we're we are sharing here and when y'all want to y'all let us know in the comments as well what what who talked to you first okay now i want to hear some common myths and concerns that you have even heard from some of your patients or some of your other mom <laughs> friends uh about people uh, about when women first start their periods what are some of those common myths and concerns that you hear a little too often so there are just so so many myths um um, I think especially in the black community. So I feel like there there is this concern about tampons. Like if you use a tampon, it'll take away your virginity. If, you know, you can't sleep with a tampon and I'm like, do, how does a tampon know that you're asleep? The tampon I doesn't can't. know that you're asleep or awake. <laughs> but but people say question. you can't, can't sleep with your tampon in. You know, you can't swim with the tampon in. People think that your tampon, you know, it stretches out your vagina. I'm like, well, how do people have babies? Because that's yeah. a lot bigger than a tampon is. So there are just a lot of misconceptions when it comes to uh, menstrual hygiene and products and, you know, what you can use. And again, if there are conversations that are held, then people are not so scared. You know, even when I'm on TikTok and I'm kind of answering these people like, I had no idea. No one talked to me. And that's the biggest thing I always hear. No one talked yeah, to me. Right. And so if again, if you know, if you who, your parent, spouse and it doesn't matter who it is and it doesn't have to be mom like I talk to my husband about I'm like when our daughter gets to this age you're you're gonna have this conversation too I don't want it to be like where it's like hush hush because the way we approach the topic is 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 a big deal too so if I approach it and I'm using all these you know terminologies I'm not using you know proper terminology and I, and I kind of look scared 
you know, my daughter's going to see that. But if I approach it in a celebratory way, like you said, your mom did, that completely changes the conversation Mm -hmm. that, you know, that doesn't make you feel embarrassed. You feel empowered. And we want people to feel empowered around their periods. You Mm -hmm. know, we're tired of people feeling embarrassed around their periods. We're really just tired of it. And so, you know, there are so many, so many misconceptions. So, uh, you know, to me, if you have questions, of course, ask your parents. But remember, you can come to us. I tell people that it's encouraged to come to your gynecologist between the ages of 13 and 15. Come and ask us questions because I will sit down like you are my homegirl and I will answer all of your questions for you. And any good physician should do that as well. I love so. that. I love that. I'm definitely going to be following you on TikTok because I got to hear what people have been, <laughs> been, been asking about because I, I think it's important to continue to o- just keep open dialogue, especially when it comes to these conversations. And so... Um, a, a realistic part of having a period or starting a period is the pain that comes with that. Uh, some people are knocked out for weeks. Some people are knocked out for days. Some people, some of us feel like I don't even want to get out of bed, much less go on with a daily school schedule, daily class schedule, daily work schedule. Um, and so when it comes to dealing with the pain, what advice do you give to people who feel like their period disrupts their everyday lives or they feel like their current period products aren't working for them? So we'll start with the, as far as period products, I tell people, um, ask questions, ask your friends. You don't have to be limited. I mean, we we have pads, we have tampons, we have period underwear, we have menstrual cups, you have everything. Yeah. So really it's kind of trial and error to kind of see what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I will say about period products. And, um, when you first start your period, there will be a, there will be a period of time where, you know, there is some pain, your periods are regular over time, your periods should be regular and they shouldn't be to the point where you're missing school and you're missing work and all of that. So I always tell people if it's to the point where like you are just confined to the bed and you cannot do anything, that's when you have to have a conversation with a provider because there may be things that, you know, we can find an ultrasound that you may not know that you had, you know, fibroids run rampant in the black community. I have had to have really big fibroids removed. That was the reason I was having my heavy periods, you know, PCOS, endometriosis. There are so many reasons, but we don't know unless you tell us. Mm. And so some people are made to believe, oh, well, it's normal. Don't worry about it. It's normal. It's normal. It's not normal for you to be confined to your bed for days at a time. Mm. You know, sometimes you'll have some pain and, you know, I tell people exercise, heating pads, Tylenol, you know, Advil. But if that if that doesn't work and you're still having a lot of pain, we need to know because we need to do some extra research and delve into what is really going on and make sure there's not some pathology that's there and not just brush it off as normal. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the different ways that we can even like, you know, address it. I love you said exercise, you said heating pads and heating old faithful heating pads. Oh yeah. And all of the you know <laughs> medicines, but there are supplements now. I mean, even our founder, yes. Nicole has her supplemental yes, you know, business and things like that. So there are so many things that are really making it easier for us to deal in with that pain that comes with it. But I love that you said you should take note if you are in the bed for a long time, you need to talk to somebody. And speaking yes. of that, sis, I know that you yes. had a lot of pain and it actually led you to a really scary experience with your fibroids um, that are gone. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I realized that over time, my cramps was getting worse. Yeah. And I remember I was doing a high intensity workout at the gym that I was working at. And towards the end of the workout, I felt excruciating pain. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, it can't be cramps. You know, my period hasn't started. I have no idea what is going on internally. 
And I took an Uber home. And thankfully, my boyfriend was working from home that day. And so he just handed me Tylenol. I laid down on the couch. You know, you think that you'll be feeling better by then. But the pain just kept getting worse. And so it got to a point where I could not stand. Like he literally had to lift me up and brought me into an Uber just so that I can see my primary care doctor at the time. And even in the waiting room, I could not stand. I couldn't sit. All I could do was just like lay over on my side. And so when I finally did see my primary care doctor, she told me, you know, you could have fibroids. And she gave me um, a shot. I think it was a Todoral shot in order to ease the pain. And um, that was the only thing that gave me relief. And so from there, I was able to see an OBGYN and do an ultrasound. And that's when I found out that I do, in fact, have fibroids. Wow. And it, it's it's one of those things that like we hear about in the black community, especially in black women. We talk yes. about it in our circles and we're more open to talk about it now. Thank yep. God, because right. of different you know experiences we've seen people on TV have it. Shout out to Cynthia from Real Housewives of Atlanta. That was honestly, honestly, the first time that I had seen it up close mm-hmm. because no one in my family has ever really talked about it. My mom doesn't have it like they were. I don't I haven't had an experience. Um, and so I, I hadn't seen it up close. And so having this conversation, I think, is really important just. Just from the from the doctor perspective, what are fibroids exactly and why is it important to get them removed? So fibroids, I tell people they're benign, so they're not cancerous growths of the uterus. So they grow in the muscle of the uterus and they're very common over a woman's lifetime. Probably we say probably 70 percent of women will have fibroids wow. over the course of her lifetime. And it doesn't always have to be removed. So some people have small fibroids. I may just incidentally see it if I'm looking for something else. They may be like one or two centimeters. The only time you really need to consider having them removed is if you're having issues. So for me, I personally was having infertility. I was having really bad, heavy periods. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, my husband would joke because we'd go on a long trip and I would bleed like right through my clothes onto the seat. It was just like, that was, he just knew that was, if we went on a long trip, if he didn't stop, like that's just what was going to happen. And, you know, again, we kind of normalized it when it really wasn't normal. Mm-hmm. And I remember this, I was in medical school at the time and I just noticed my belly getting bigger and bigger and people were congratulating me, oh. you know, for being pregnant. And I, and I wasn't, you yeah. know, yeah. and I went to the doctor and, you know, she was like this vibrates 15, 16 centimeters, wow. which it was the size of basically a six month pregnancy. And so at that point I was like, oh, I, I have to do something. And another thing I want to just make sure that I point out as for as black women, I feel like we're not always offered like, how do I say this? We're not always offered like the most minimally invasive options. We're not always like, sometimes you'll just be told by your doctor what you should do, or you should just do this. Well, you know, I saw a doctor and they were like, well, we got to do a big incision. We got to get this out. I'm like, no, I want something minimally invasive. Mm -hmm. I'm in med school. I can't take all this time off. And so I really talked to four doctors, like Malwin, who was like, I can do this robotically. And you know, with that, I just have little incisions, not a huge incision. Mm -hmm. And he was able to do that for me and, and get all of it out. And after that, I was able to get pregnant. And now, you know, here we are with my third baby, but it would have never happened had I not had it removed. So I wouldn't say you have to have them removed. If they don't bother you, we tell you to leave them alone if you're not having any issues. But if they're bothering you, you know, there are so many options. And I tell people, talk to your provider about all of the options, not just the ones they think are good for you, but tell me all of the options and let me choose what's right for me. Mm, right. You know? So oh, yeah. that. that's really good advice. That's beautiful. Okay. All right. Good to know. Because I thought you had to have them removed. If you don't, they, you, they, you, you don't. You, know, you don't. And then people will people will notice that like 
their diet might affect this. They might notice if I eat this, you know, some people are like, well, if I eat red meat, my fibroids get worse. Well, then, you know, and some people notice that if they turn to plant-based or you know, anything like that, their fibroids get better and their cramping gets better. So listen to your body because you may you may need to change what you are doing in your everyday life mm-hmm. to make sure that your cramps are better and your fibroids are better, yeah. you know, if there's no pathology. But make sure that, you know, you're kind of doing the right thing too. And, you know, and listening to your body to see, you know, what is, what is making this pain better, what's making this pain worse. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And once post-surgery, like, how did you start feeling? Did you did you feel like a weight literally lifted off of yes, you? Yes, I got my life back mm-hmm. because I was at that point where I couldn't leave my bed. I was at that point where I would end up in the emergency room, you know, because I was bleeding far too much and it was excruciating pain. Mm-hmm. Like, I could not operate, like, in my day-to-day life and activities. And I also got the robotic myomectomy where I have small incisions in my abdomen And it was the best decision that I've ever made because now, you know, my cycle is back to what it used to be. I don't have heavy periods. I don't have painful cramps. And I tell anyone who listens, like, definitely go see your doctor, but also get a second and third opinion because I can't tell you how many doctors I've seen that tried to minimize my pain Mm -hmm. and told me, oh, just take birth control. That's it. And I would go home thinking like, well, maybe that is a solution, but it's just getting worse. Mm. So definitely get a second, third, if you have to, fourth opinion, just to know what your options are because they're out there. You just have to find the right doctor. Yeah. Man, I I love that. I tell people you are not married to your doctor. I've had my own patients say, well, I want a second opinion. And most people get offended. I'm like, get it. Yeah. Get a second opinion. Please do. You know, because you just you just never know. But yes, I've I had to go to four doctors in order for someone to be like, yeah, 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 I'll take this on. We can do this minimally invasively for you. And I'm glad you also got a robotic yes. myomectomy instead of mm-hmm. having a huge incision because you know it's 2022. There are so many. Even now, there are many options than when I got my fibroids removed in 2013. So just just ask about all of your options and even options that I could not offer as as a provider. I referred them to my colleagues, and I'm like, I this is really new. I haven't actually learned this yet. So I'm going to refer you to my colleague and she can actually do this for you. And we, you know, we have to be okay with that. So I'm really glad she said that. Mm, yeah. Get get your second and your third and your fourth opinion. Zude. Yeah. Because it's important. And especially as black women. I mean, we exactly. all know that this uh, system that we are operating in on every level has just yep. racial bias, especially in the medical fields. My mom's a doctor and I love black women doctors and I know so many of them. And I think I'm like, y'all are literally the difference between people walking out of the hospital and of the, the doctor's offices and not oftentimes. So just thank God for our black doctors and, and definitely get that second and third opinion if you don't feel like, yo, any other brace doctor is looking out for you. And so since we're talking about being in the doctor's office and dealing with period pain and all those things, do you have any advice for young women who are dealing with period pain on how to advocate for themselves at their OBGYN visits? What should they be asking if they don't know where to start? So I think the the first thing is to make sure that you're choosing the correct doctor. So I tell people that, you know, we, we, Yelp and Google all these restaurants Mm. and hotels, but you need to do the same for your doctor. So don't just like pick one and just show up there. Actually ask around, you know, hey, who, who, you know, who have you seen? Is she good? Will she listen to me? Because um, I love my profession, but I also know that there are some of my colleagues who simply won't listen, who'll just brush it off, who'll just give you some medicine and you really don't want that. Mm. And so I think the first thing is choosing the right provider. Mm. Um, And once you do that and you get in the door, 
then, you know, I be persistent. So if you feel like the provider is trying to write off your pain, be persistent. Like this pain is, is bothering me. I typically even keep notes. I keep a notebook, like on this day, this happened on this day, I bled through this on mm. this day. I couldn't, you know, go to school. So they know that this is something that is interfering with my daily life. And I truly believe that something is wrong. And I tell people ask for your options. So what are all of my options? So you're offering me birth control. What what other options are there? Mm. And so make sure that, again, they're not just giving you the options that they want to give you because, you know, we all may have some type of bias. We may like this option better. You present all of my options and allow me to make that decision. Yes. And that's what we're supposed to do. So I would say my best advice is to pick the right provider. Make sure you ask all of your questions Write down. So sometimes, you know, you'll leave the office and you'll forget everything that we said. Write write down everything that we said so you can ask the appropriate questions um, and then be persistent. You know, don't let someone just write off your pain and as if it's nothing. And if they do, then this is when we tell you again, you get your second opinion. You mm-hmm. say thank you very much and you go and talk to somebody else because there is some there is there are providers who will listen to you and who will take your concerns seriously. Mm. Mm. That's so good. Like you got to get. What, what you have to if we yelping people and looking through all that right. we gotta do right. get the reviews but then you just show up to any old provider yeah. don't do that you do do the same research because people will research before they come to me they're like I heard I know you heard I was good come on in yeah. I know you heard that you know but yes you need to research the same way you research anything else I love yeah. that now so we've had all this beautiful talk about periods and wow beautiful periods that's the first um, <laughs> we've had all this talk about periods and we've had talk about pain and all the things and so Keisha, I got to ask. Yes. How would you have your period talk with your future daughter, knowing all that you know, especially as a nutritionist and a person who is very familiar with bodies and all that thing, all that? What would you how do you imagine having your period talk with your future daughter? I think it would be very similar to the one that I had with my mom, but in a sense of preparation this time mm-hmm. and letting her know that hormones will allow her body to change. And it's just a natural and necessary part of her life. And that it is a celebratory moment. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. I love that. Look at my whole celebration. <laughs> and, and Dr. Nicole, you talked about how you actually had open discussions with your partner about it. And that's a real now that's love. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how did you open up that, that discussion and what did that go like? And if you had any tips for people who are like, I'm way too scared to even fart in front of my husband, like where, <laughs> how do you, <laughs> how do you recommend just having that open dialogue about pain and periods and all that comes with it? I, I guess it's different for me because I'm an OBGYN. Like he hears this, oh, he hears this all day. So this stuff doesn't, bother him but I told him once we found out especially that you know when we had our second child that we were having a girl I told him because he joked that that's all going to be on you I was like no that's mm-hmm. not that's that's the issue right there that's yeah. what a lot of men will go right to and no you have to be involved and even now because I don't even do grocery stores like my husband is the one who buys like he knows exactly what kind of tampons to get he's like do you want regular super do you want <laughs> you want the all like he knows now For because real. that's because we've made it normal in our household. And I told him like, you know, I want you to be a part of this conversation. I don't want you to shy away from it because mm-hmm. your kids can tell if you're shying away from it, you're a little bit embarrassed. If you come and you make it a celebratory moment, like your mother did, then it's going to be a celebratory moment, mm-hmm. you know? And I just want to tell my daughter, I want you to feel empowered. You're going to go through changes. Your breasts are going to change. You're going to get taller and you're also going to have your period. And this is what's going to happen during your period. And this is how we're going to prepare you for it. And so, you know, by the time Savannah is 
date or not. She's she's going to know exactly. She's going to know exactly. And then when it happens, she'll just tell me and we'll be like, all right, there goes your little period kit. We've already talked about this. Let's let's go. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Let's do it. So I just feel like you just have to keep talking about it. Don't wait till they're 12, 13, 14. Talk about it beforehand. Make make it make it seem amazing. You know, I know sometimes our periods suck and, you know, I Yes, they do. (laughs) But make it seem amazing for them so they're not embarrassed. Tell them all their friends are going to be going through it, too. This is not something that's isolated. Everybody's going to be going through this. Mm So um, and again, just making them feel really empowered around it. So Mm, I think that's so cool. And just to follow up, what is going to be in the period kit? What should be in a period kit? So I tell people so you can shop like how you and your mother shop together. I think that's mm-hmm. great. So you can have, you know, I would usually start with pads and, you know, if you, you could start with tampons, too. Usually I'll start with like the lightest one. Um, I usually will have some 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 chocolate, some candy oh. telling them, you know, you might crave these things, mm-hmm. maybe some little gifts, like how your mom gave you that ring. Usually like a book that kind of explains a really basic book that kind of explains what's happening with your body changes. Okay. And I think that's a really good place to start. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I, to me, if, if, if you do that, you, you've done more than most people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So true. (laughs) Who are not having the conversation until it's too late. And then your daughter's at school freaking out because she thinks she's dying. Mm. We don't we don't need that. (laughs) That's the death lord. (laughs) Now, Keisha, you are a trainer and 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 that girl also on an Instagram and TikTok. Follow her. She got the good content on workouts. Now, when (laughs) when you do feel bloated and in pain, it is harder for me. I don't know about the others. To go to the gym and to eat right. But what should we be doing when we are on our periods and maybe in the throes of a a certain threshold of pain to kind of give us more comfort, to make our bodies feel better from the inside out? What food should we be eating and what do you think we should be doing in those times that you've seen in your experience as a trainer and a nutritionist? Yeah. I'm first going to start with foods to avoid, in my personal opinion. First would be dairy because it does have an impact on our hormones. Second would be sugar leading up to our cycle. I realized that so many women who eat excess sugar say that they have more pain when it comes to cramps. Mm -hmm. So I tell people stay away from excess sugar, table sugar, not so much like fruits Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to that. And also, I think drinking raspberry leaf tea has helped me a lot Mm -hmm. and like warm liquids has helped me a lot. And when it comes to working out, I also tell women to stay away from high intensity workouts Mm. and just focus on slower movements Mm. to focus on strength training, Pilates even, but nothing that is too intense and that would take their body to the next level. Just take it down, slow it down and just move at your own pace. Mm. I love that. That's good advice. Cause I I would be like, well, I'm just going to sit here <laughs> and feel this pain. <laughs> now, before we go, is there any are there any last thoughts that either of you have, especially around period talks, normalizing the conversation or, or anything? And I'll start with you, Dr. Sparks. Um, I think the only thing that I have to say is the more we talk about periods, the more normal they will become. Mm-hmm. So keep talking about them and we normalize the conversations and we no longer have to be embarrassed of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that. Yeah, I agree. Same thing. We need to keep having these conversations so it doesn't become a stigma. Mm, Right. It's like that monster underneath your bed that you're deathly afraid of. And then you turn on the light and you realize it's a sock. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not Mm, this scary monster. And so 
once we continue to have these conversations, it'll be something that's normalized. So I love it. And where do we follow you all and keep up with all that you're doing? Uh, and Dr. Sparks, I'll start with you. You can follow me at Nicole Alicia MD. It's the same for Instagram, TikTok, and my website. I will meet you there. Yes. Okay. I give you all the tips, okay, <laughs> all the fly pregnancy gear. So, yes, Nicole Alicia MD. <laughs> we need those. <laughs> and you can follow me at Keisha Valarson on Instagram and TikTok. Ah, love it. Make sure you follow these ladies. Of course, keep following us at Exo Nicole and Tam Packs. Of course, you can follow me at Gia Peppers. But we thank you guys so much for being here to wrap our limited series podcast. You've really equipped us with so many things and information, resources, all the things we really need to know to take control of our wellness. And it's been a treat to learn from both of you. And that's a wrap. I want to thank Exo Nicole and Tampax once again for inviting me to host the Made For Me podcast. I hope this series really left you feeling empowered and informed on how to unlock barriers that keep you from living your best life. Because what other life is there to live, y'all? I hope you remember that having your period is nothing to hide for and nothing to apologize about. Please be encouraged each day to surround yourself with people who want the best for you and who create a safe space for you to share your wellness journey. Please visit Tampax.com at Tampax on Instagram and Tampax Official on TikTok for more period and tampon education, funny and entertaining content that aims to normalize periods and more information on how the brand is increasing representation of Black female doctors and ending the misinformation surrounding health and period care through its Flow It Forward initiative. I've been Gia Peppers. I love y'all so much. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon.